0: Hey there. Welcome to the Imperfectly Pollyanna podcast. I am your host, Courtney, a faith-filled homeschool mom of two, licensed medical professional, certified health coach, and eternal optimist. I am so glad you're here. I've got a treat for you today. Last June, I was able to meet a lovely woman by the name of Melissa Rolfs. As luck would have it, or really more divine appointment, maybe, (laughs) I was able to interview her for the podcast. As things have ebbed and flowed since then, it is finally happening today that I am bringing you in to listen to that wonderfully encouraging and informative chat. And whether you work full-time, part-time, from home, a stay-at-home mom, whatever the case may be, we are all so very busy these days, right? It can be overwhelming trying to juggle all the things while being healthy and keeping calm in it all. (laughs) If you're not overwhelmed by juggling things, please get in touch with me. I need your secrets. (laughs) Melissa is going to be sharing a bit of her own story as well as tangible things to help you now, including three things you can do to obtain a calm and positive mindset in the midst of it all. Melissa Rolfs is a certified holistic health and life coach, helping busy women break free from sugar and stress or emotional eating so that they can be calm, confident, and at peace around food, around sugar and stressful situations. In their bodies, and their life, she is committed to empowering women to break free from dieting, emotional eating, and self-image issues so they can ditch the diet mentality and feel empowered in their own skin and be free to be who God made them to be. After her own tumultuous history with food, withholding, and then later in life, binging, she learned how to deal with the core issues around her broken relationship with food. As a result, she felt called to go to school and learn to teach other women how to do the same. She graduated from the Health Coach Institute as a holistic health and life coach in 2018 and is the proud owner of Free To Be Coaching. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for being here. I am just really looking forward to hearing you share your story and also talking about some practical tips that we as women can use. I'm just really looking for it. I know you have so much knowledge and experience and all the things. So if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing a little bit about you and what brought you to being where you're at today with women and helping them.
1: Sure. Sounds good. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, (laughs) I'm excited to be here, um, to answer your story or to answer your question and share my story. Um, I guess the short version, Courtney, is about 10 years ago, I found myself being an overwhelmed, exhausted mom. We had a newborn baby who wasn't sleeping, so I was exhausted. We had a two-year-old little girl who had some sensory challenges and some undiagnosed food intolerances. My husband was traveling for work, and I had just gotten diagnosed with PTSD from childhood trauma. So it was like the perfect storm but it was also the perfect opportunity for god to come in and bring some healing and set me on a different path and i'm so thankful for that so through that process um really learned about the impact of food on mood and overall health and i think a lot of times we equate food only with weight and and just how we look but there's so much more to it than that um so i really learned about that i really learned how to break free from emotional eating and sugar because that was my vice i would be overwhelmed and just eating all the Oreos in the pantry because I didn't know how to handle those feelings as a new mom who just felt completely overwhelmed and exhausted. So through my long journey, <laughs> um, went to school to become a health and life coach, tell about other women who are where I was, because I think there aren't a lot of safe places for mom to really share how they're feeling and what they're going through without judgment. And so I think that's why we turn to the food or the shopping or the fill in the blank. Cause we don't, we don't know how to be present with ourselves and kind of work through that. So that's the long and short of it.
0: (laughs) That's beautiful. I can, it, a lot of that resonates with me. I, my husband, thank the Lord has a new job now, but he was traveling a lot for work and you get into that routine with not having the dad there, but then whenever he came home, I was like, you're messing up my routine. (laughs) The entry is so hard. (laughs) It really is. And then I got spoiled during 2020 because he was forced to have to stay home. And then whenever it was time for him to start traveling again, I I said, well, do you have to do that? Because we've gotten used to it. And that includes like mealtime. That includes I can figure out stuff for me and the kids, but then whenever you add in another adult who has their own opinion about what they want to eat, you know, it's like, Oh my word, it's just exhausting sometimes. So, um, but anyway, and I, I was thinking about whenever you first, so whenever you first started kind of changing what you had been through, you started looking towards what do I need to do differently? I, I know that so many can relate to what you're saying about whenever we as moms, as women, no matter where we're at in life, whether we're working outside the home or working in the home, whatever, it's so easy for us to grasp whatever is available to us because we get so caught up in the day-to-day things that are going on. So what was it that you, like, was there a moment or was it like multiple moments all combined in one to kind of help get you leading in that right direction?
1: There were multiple moments. Um, I think, The first thing was with our daughter's food intolerances and allergies, we took those foods out that were affecting her. And as a result, I got tested because they came from somewhere. So Mm -hmm. this is most likely for it to come from just because of what I grew up eating and just because of like the behavior that she was having, I had mimicked in childhood. Um, So definitely cutting out those foods that were affecting us was the first step. But then I think too, with the PTSD diagnosis, I tried medicine and it didn't work for me. Um, so as a result of that, I went to an naturopath and she did a lot of vitamin and mineral testing and everything was in the toilet because I wasn't eating fruits and vegetables. I was eating a lot of packaged processed foods because it was quick and easy and they made me feel good in the moment. Um, And so really learned about changing, you know, to more whole foods and eating foods in their more natural form and kind of the way that God had intended them to be. Um, And I went through, you know, healing prayer at our church. I met with a coach, like there were so many different pieces of my healing journey. It was really long and drawn out. (laughs) So if I can like help condense that for (laughs) somebody.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Learn from me. Mm -hmm. Well, and if you think about it, I think a lot of people in society today, we want quick fixes. That's the internet. You want to know something, you just go search for it on the internet. You know, if people crowdsource on social media, instead of going and looking it up themselves, Mm -hmm. they're saying what their friends and family are doing. And whenever we think about the fact that changing something, especially significant enough for our eating habits or our lifestyle, it's really not an overnight thing. I always say that it didn't, I didn't get toxic Mm -hmm. overnight. It was years worth. And you're exactly right. Things that we did growing up as children, the things that we ate and those sort of habits that we built, they do come down the line when we have kids. And so whenever we have to kind of backpedal, so to say, to be like, okay, let's figure out what we need to do. I know that that I'm assuming, but maybe I was wrong, but was it really difficult to make those dietary changes since you did it as a whole family or was it easier because you did it as a family versus doing it just for your daughter?
1: I think it was easier as a whole family. I think it was also easier because our kids were young enough that they didn't really have a lot of, like they weren't teenagers, for example, right. they weren't accustomed to eating maybe a certain way. And then all of a sudden we changed it. Um, but I think to just, noticing that as I change things, how much better I felt like that was enough to keep me going on that path and be like, I don't want to go back there because you don't realize how bad you feel until Mm -hmm. you start to feel really good.
0: That's right. I, I know that I was, I was always thought I was in the thinking process, even since being a teenager, that the symptoms that I was having and, you know, whether it was bloating or fatigue or I just kind of attributed it to that's how I was supposed to feel. I was told well, your hormones are imbalanced because you're a teenager. And then it was, well, it's because you're under stress. And then it was something else. So I just assumed, oh, okay, well, this is how you're supposed to live life. And then whenever I started changing things, I was like, oh, wait, I didn't Mm -hmm. realize how good it was possible to feel. And that just, and that does encourage you to just want to keep on going, because if you're feeling good, you want to keep on doing whatever. That is, whether it's good or bad for you, you want to keep doing the thing that makes you feel better. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think too, like there's a misconception that as a mom that we, you know, are selfish if we take care of ourselves or we shouldn't be. and I feel like for me, and I'm just kind of realizing this now, is that I felt like because I was a mom, like all of my stuff got put on the back burner and I I just had to show up as this frumpy, like Mm -hmm. servant woman. Do you know what I'm saying? And I kind of like neglected some of myself and I don't think
0: that's necessarily healthy either. (laughs) No, no, it's not. Well, and you know, God, we've heard it time and time again, God gives us one body to take care of. And We should be treating it with respect. I was talking to somebody just the other day. It's funny how conversations all like line up that are so similar. And I'm thinking, oh man, so many different people. There's actually people that have the same thought process that are going through similar things. And it's, which is an encouragement, you know, because then you don't feel so alone, but thinking about God gave us our, our bodies. We only have one. So we should be treating it as a temple. And sometimes growing up, you know, you think, well, what does that mean? Does that mean don't tattoo your body? Don't, you know, do this or that to your face, your hair, your clothes, that sort of thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes. No earrings. Yeah, I got. Yeah. But, (laughs) but really it's more than what you're doing to that outside of your body, because that's what the world is seeing anyway. But what are you putting into your body spiritually, physically, all that kind of stuff and taking care of your body the way that. God intends for you to do. And that's not being selfish. That's being respectful of what the Lord gave you. It's the same as wanting to parent in the best way possible with, with your children, you want to parent them and lead them in the right direction. And you don't see people, you know, doing, going into parenthood thinking I'm going to royally like do all the wrong things. I'm going to make that conscious effort to do all the wrong things. So I do think that it says a lot for how you treat your bodies. Absolutely. It's stewardship. We're called to steward our temples. I mean, the Bible is very clear on that multiple times throughout the word. Yeah. And you said, um, you know, I know that you talk a lot about helping busy women and, you know, and that can be moms that have 15 children or. People that are in women that are in the workforce and they're busy. And I know that with me working in EMS, you know, I will work for 24 hour shifts and then I come home and then I'm in mom mode. And so I have to switch what leadership role I'm in for the, for the day and what everything has to get done. And by the time that you get to meal times, you're like, I just, I just don't want to do it. I just want an easy thing and that's where processed foods and takeout and fast food all comes in. So what are some things that you think that have helped you that you've been able to share with other people so that they can try to get through that too? Yeah,
1: I think the biggest thing is just kind of being intentional. So one thing that's been really helpful for me, Courtney, is to kind of plan out the week. I used to do this by the month and then I just got overwhelmed. So break it down. (laughs) Um, And if you can plan out your week, I feel like that's really helpful because, you know, if you have kids involved in activities, if you've got work, like you need to have those in your calendar and those are kind of your anchors. And so for us, like if we have an evening where we have a commitment, I know that dinner needs to be something that will go in the crock pot or something that will, you know, be really quick and easy. Um, And so I love a whiteboard. So if you can get like a whiteboard or some sort of calendar that works for you, it may even be your phone, but just make sure you know what your week looks like. And then what I do is on Fridays, usually I'll plan out our meals for the week. So I'll know what we're going to have based on the activity. And then I can put my grocery list together. And then I did online shopping before it was a big thing before COVID. Um, so I just keep doing that, <laughs> yeah. but it allows you to like, be mindful and plan out your meals based on your schedule, which then enables you to plan out your grocery list because it's so frustrating to be like, oh, we're going to have this for dinner, but I don't have the ingredients. Mm-hmm. So I think if
0: you can just take some time to, to do that for yourself, it'll be a real big game changer. <laughs> I think, so do you post it out to where the family can see it or do you just do it for you?
1: Yeah. I post it where the family can see it. And if your kids are at ages where they can give some buy-in that's helpful too. Um, so they feel like they have some say over the meal and then you're not like, you have to eat this because I made it. You don't fall into that mode, (laughs) right? Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or you're not making another meal or whatever that looks like in your house. Um, but you know, just giving them some say into what you're having as a family, maybe let them pick a night, what they have for dinner, however you want to do that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a,
0: an all-inclusive thing. (laughs) Yeah. I know I've tried to do the whole meal planning thing. I completely agree with you about like, Oh, let's try to do a month at a time. And no. And for me, it, it is inevitable. One thing that I struggle with is that even whether I'm planning for, and maybe you have a suggestion for this, but even if I'm planning for a week or multiple weeks, it never fails. I will even go to the grocery. I'll get all the things. And then something changes on that day where The kid's schedule gets mixed around. That happened to me this week. I had all these things planned out for during the day because the kids have gymnastics at night and now they've decided literally on Monday and it was starting on Tuesday that it was going to be during the day. And I was like, oh my goodness. So how, like, what do you do to keep sane during those moments where you're like, okay, well, our schedule just got completely flipped and now I've got to figure out meals in a different way. (laughs) Hmm.
1: You know, I, I think that's the beauty of planning it out for the week is it gives you that flexibility because you know, more than likely you have what you need on hand to be, you know, let's say that you had planned out to have tacos and you've got your meat out and your schedule change. Well, then you know that you've got the beef you can use the next night for tacos. And maybe this is a great night to do takeout, or maybe it's a good night to do something that's a little
0: bit easier based on your schedule. Sure. I know that for us, one thing that my kids, and I say my kids, but really, I mean, me too. We, <laughs> we do once a week and it's usually on Wednesdays, we have pizza night. And yep. so we change up where we go, yeah. but it started because they were having gymnastics at weird times. And whenever they get done at seven o'clock in the evening, what am I going to do? Unless it's something in the crock pot, but that kind of gives us one day a week that we know it's going to be pizza night and that's like a fun thing to look forward to. And then whenever they start like hounding me on another night of like, well, what can we have this? Can we have that? I'm like, we have pizza night coming up. Just hang in there. It's coming. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. But yeah, I do know that if we have things that we can look forward to, then it kind of helps encourage them. And I've been helping, um, you mentioned about letting your kids be involved in it. So my oldest is getting more interested in like the cooking and the baking. And so I have him look up recipes and he likes all the technical stuff, the experimenting. So it's still right in his head without him thinking like, Oh, I'm helping to make dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. So what else, um, what else do you share? Like, um, some other strategies, what are some other strategies Mm -hmm. that might help?
1: Yeah, I love also too, and this might help answer your other question. Maybe, you know, take some time on a weekend and batch cook. Like if you want to just grill a bunch of chicken, you know, and then you've got it ready, you can do like tacos, you could do nachos, you could do salads, you could do whatever. Um, You could do that. You could also, you know, do a bunch of ground beef and you could freeze it. And then you just need to thaw it. It's already cooked. You warm it up um but i just find the more like if you're going to do it you might as well do it you know right yeah <laughs> um i did go through a phase i'm not doing this much lately but where i would do like a month's worth of freezer meals um you know that might be something that would be helpful but i just feel like the more you can have a plan and a strategy the more equipped you're going to be. And you're not caught off guard and wondering like, Oh my gosh, what do we do? So Mm -hmm. I love the batch cooking idea too. I do overnight oats
0: for breakfast a lot. And I love overnight oats. So good. And so easy. (laughs) They are. It's so easy. I like to do those in big batches too. Like, well, you know, even if I do like three days worth, put them in the jars, put them in the fridge. And I'm like, yes. man, I think my, like my future self always is like, thank you to my past self for thinking (laughs) ahead.
1: (laughs) Cause I don't have to make breakfast
0: now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I love it. I um, I agree that it does make sense. I know my husband has been trying to um, we've been trying to be more focused on what we're eating because, you know, during 2020, you just kind of got used to not going anywhere, and that really has wreaked a, a havoc on our on our lives on our health. And so we're trying to get back into that good routine. And so he has done recently done like the grilled chicken and done it in different spices. Because I think sometimes if we do the same thing over and over again, then we're like, yeah, we're bored. We're just bored. Let's do something else. And, but if you mix up the spices Mm -hmm. then you've got different flavors and then you don't feel like you're eating the same food all the time. I was going to ask you, do you, (laughs) where do you get your recipes from? Do you go through like a rotation of food or do you just pull what feels good for the week or what do you do? I just pull what feels good for the week. I'm, I'm,
1: I get in the rut. Like, I'm like, Oh, we'll have this and this and this. And my kids are like, Oh, we're having that again. So I need to get a little bit more creative. (laughs) (laughs) I understand easy to fall into default mode as a mom because you're doing all the things and it's like oh no, I have to you know plan out what we're going
0: to have <laughs> right right i'm so tired of planning mm-hmm. <laughs> i know that i have several friends that in the past that they've had the rotation of food and they just and they're really good at something that i struggle with is coming up with ways to use the same ingredients for like all week so they will say, oh, well, we might have tacos on Monday. And then on Tuesday, they'll have something else that includes like the meat from uh-huh. Monday. And it's so great. And I'm sure like planning, especially a week at a time and doing the grocery deliveries, that also helps you save money. So that decreases your stress. But I still am like, I just admire their creativity to come up with all these different ideas for meals to use their current ingredients. So it doesn't go bad. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's dumby. Me. <laughs>
0: I mean, I wish one day, one day it might be whenever I'm in heaven, but
1: you know. yes. Yes. we'll all be so creative then with our
0: meals. That's right. And then we won't even have to worry about it. It'll just, no. We won't have to plan meals. Hallelujah. Nope. And we can eat anything. Like the, those That's of right. us that have the food allergies won't have problems. You That's know, right. And- yeah, I'm really excited to get to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so, what has. What does your life, especially with you struggling with the PTSD, that is something that, um, that I work through regularly that I've worked through for several years. Um, have you seen since you've been doing this or are there other things you've also changed? Has it affected, I guess, basically how you handle the PTSD. Mm -hmm. I hate to use like the triggered word because I just think that's overused, but you know, how is that? How has the changes that you've made impacted where you're at now?
1: It's changed everything. I mean, I feel like that. And I think that's what was so frustrating, Courtney, is that like, I made these changes not for weight loss, but it was more for like health and just better energy and the difference that it made on my mindset and how I show up. And I think coaching is a big part of that too. But like, people saw the outside and they were like, Oh, I want to lose weight. And I'm like, I don't, I, th- that's not about this for me. Like, mm-hmm. yes, that is an amazing byproduct, but like, I have a clear head. Now I can think clearly. I don't have like paranoid thoughts. Like I don't worry all of the time. I'm not anxious. Like I'm calm and I'm at peace and I'm, this is how God created us to be. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many things that come into fight and still kill and story. Like the Bible says, and you know, we've have to figure out how to be in alignment to be who God made us to be right. and having what we put in and on our bodies. So it's changed everything for me.
0: That's wonderful. And I agree with you that it does really change so much of how you see the rest of life. I think society focuses, even though you'll see, I don't know about you, but I always see the things where it's like girl power and, you know, love who you are. And it's not about the weight, but the people that are saying it are typically like ones that are in great shape. And so it's difficult, I think, at least to see society that they tell you to love who you are. And, but then they turn around and the things that they're showing, you know, of how people should look. And even that to me, it, it almost excuses. And this might be something that might make people upset, but it is what it is. But I think It's one thing to love who you are because you can love yourself and, and appreciate what the body that God gave you. But by doing that, it means taking care of yourself. So you might not look like the person on Instagram with all the filters and the special filters that you can add to your pictures. You know, you might not look like that you might have that weight that you think, oh, in order to be healthy, then I need to lose the weight. But like you said, that's not what it's about. It's about taking care of the whole body. And then that has a ripple effect. So I think something that the world misses is that they tell you love your body. It's not about weight, but they're, they're missing factors, you know,
1: 100%. And I think we have put so much focus on the external that we've negated the internal. And Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the crux of all of this. Like, And I just made a post about this because my nephew graduated high school. He was salutatorian. It took me back to my days in high school and I was incredibly insecure. I was very, I was not confident, but from the outside, I looked like I had it all together. I was popular. I was smart. I was in all these things. I had a boyfriend, like I had all the things, but I didn't know about this internal missing piece. And I think we focus so much on the external that we negate the internal and that's where the change happens.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm like yes and amen. <laughs> <To all laughs> and the then things. I got all railed up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and and I think it is natural to automatically think of the external. Like I said earlier, I mean we're quick fix, fix society, so we think, okay, I'm gonna be. And I've even seen funny memes that say like, you ate a salad for lunch. Now let's go weigh yourself to see if you lost the weight. And, and that's what people expect that. And if they don't see it, then they're like, oh, well, I've screwed up. And so I'm done. And then they go back to feeling bad about themselves whenever that's not what it's about at all. It's, it's what's going on on the inside and what you're doing on the inside is going to naturally come out on the outside, whether it's good or bad. (laughs) Yes.
1: Yes. Cause input equals output. What we, is what comes out. Or as the Bible says, where the man goes,
0: where the mind goes, the man follows. That's true. That's true. Now we're going to preach. We're going to have a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it that you do with your health coaching? Do you do stuff as a group? Do you do it online? What is it that you, how's your process whenever you're helping women?
1: Yeah, I do group and I do one-on-one and it's really, um, you know, helping women to identify the way that they're made the way that God made them, because we're all different. I think we live in a world of one size fits all, and this plan works for my neighbor. So I'm going to try it. And we negate our individuality. It really gets me riled up. Mm -hmm. Um, but really teaching women like how to listen to themselves and how their bodies are made and how to honor and work with that. Um, but that, you know, again, is
0: one-on-one or in a group setting. So, okay, cool. And is that all online or is there some stuff in person or? I haven't done anything in person ever, even before
1: COVID was a thing. It was all like, you know, on the phone or on zoom, whatever they prefer. Um, So, yeah.
0: Well, that's nice because then you just meet people where they're at, whether they're local Mm -hmm. to you or in a whole other country, you can help them where they're at. And I think that's great. That's great. So um, is there anything, I know you talk about like finding freedom to be calm and confident and at peace, is there anything outside of the, outside of the food stuff, the, you know, that kind of thing, the nutrition side of things, is there another strategy that you could share or a, a practical tip or something for us listening to kind of get us in a good mind frame of heading in a good direction?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have two things. Okay. I can, I, three. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> One's a little bit more related to nutrition. So why don't we start there? stay hydrated, like it seems so, so like basic, but a lot of times we think that we're hungry or we have a craving and usually we're dehydrated. So just make sure you're hydrated. You're getting half of your body weight and ounces of water every day. Um, so stay hydrated is one. The second thing, and I love this for busy moms, Courtney, because I think it's so easy for us to get like riled up and stressed. And then, you know, the body is amazing. And so if we are stressed we need to find a way to kind of calm down. And so if you have children that are home for the summer, this could be really good tip, <laughs> um, but it's called the five, five, seven breath. And so what you do is you breathe in for five seconds, you hold the breath for five seconds, and then you exhale for seven seconds. And what that does is it kind of links the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system and kind of calms everything down it's two minutes, it's free. You can do it in the grocery store checkout line. If you're annoyed that you're, you know, behind the person that's in the express that has 30 items in their cart, you know, you can do it with your kids and the pickup line, whatever.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right.
1: <laughs> so that's the second thing. And then the third thing is what are you thinking about? What are you telling yourself? I love to memorize the word and just stand on the word when we get those lies that come in and really just stand on the truth because, that's, you know, the mindset is everything. And I think we don't focus enough on our thoughts and what we're telling ourselves. And so if we can be rooted and grounded in the word and even make some affirmations. Like I am, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made. I was formed in my mother's womb. Like if we can take the word and apply
0: it to us, I think that's really powerful. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Cause I was thinking it's, it does make a difference whenever of what you're telling yourself. And whenever I, I really like the five, five, seven, I know that I struggled for a long time with having anxiety attacks and I didn't know how to control them, even though I knew that they, I got to where I could tell whenever they were coming on. And, but then now, well, thankfully I don't have to deal with them very often. I don't remember last time I had one, but once I realized that I could focus on my breathing and I could calm myself down by my mindset because nobody else could do that for me. Mm -hmm. We could, I've had people working in EMS that they've called 911 thinking that they're having a heart attack and it's, you know, a 20 some odd year old with no history and we show up and it's that they are having An anxiety attack. And it is scary and it can make you feel like you're having a heart attack or you know something else. And I've told them there's literally nothing that we're going to be able to do for you because right now it's all about you focusing on your breathing and calming yourself down. So the five five seven Mm -hmm. kind of goes hand in hand with your mindset because as you're doing those breathing steps, then you're able to focus on what you're telling yourself and what's going in your head. But I love that you use scripture because you can't argue with that, <laughs> you know?
1: And I think it helps to like differentiate the truth from a lie. Like, you know, we, we have a, our daughter's a teen now, but I'll catch her sometimes saying I'm so stupid. And I'm like, no, that is a lie. We replace the lie with the truth. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You have the mind of Christ because that's the only thing that's going
0: to combat That lie is the truth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And unfortunately, that's just, I find that because I am guilty of it, I will say things about myself whenever I'm not in a great place mentally. And if my children are listening, then I tell myself, okay, are they going to be saying that about themselves? And how would I feel if they were saying it about themselves? So if I wouldn't want them saying about them, then I shouldn't be saying it about myself either, because that means that it's not true. So I love that you correct her with the truth.
1: Thank you. <laughs> doing I good. It for myself. It's like, you know, the thoughts, like, you know, that's just one little way the sneaky devil tries to get us. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Stinky devil. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. He just kind of slides in there all the time. So do you have um, a way that people can connect with you more? Like how do people come in contact with what you're doing and and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. I think probably my website is free. The number two, the letter B coaching.com. So free to be coaching.com. Um, my Facebook group is happy, healthy mama tribe. Um, that's a good way. So yeah, either
0: of those places. That's pretty simple. I like simple, simple is good. (laughs) I know, especially (laughs) for us moms. It's like, ah, don't give me more. (laughs) That's right. I need quick, simple to the point. Don't tell me a long thing. It's kind of like, whenever you go to look up recipes, speaking of that, and you have to scroll through all the things just to get to the recipe. I'm like, I can appreciate the back up the background story, but I'm not here to read a story. I'm here to find out how do I make the casserole? Just tell me how to make it. Yes. Yes. So I appreciate the websites where they let you jump to that. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That is so great. Anytime I read a blog that says, if you want to skip all my commentary, click here. And I'm like, thank you. That makes me want to actually like, I want to read their post then because I'm like, they're being so considerate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So do you share more, um, in your coaching? Do you do, and I know you said you do one-on-one or group. Mm -hmm. And so do you work with everybody to like with additional strategies? How long do you coach them? Is it just kind of like Mm -hmm. what goes on, you know, like how long does it go out? Yeah, it's, I have a 12 week program called Finding Freedom and it's
1: so powerful because it, it really addresses a lot of things that we're not taught in society that I think we need to all know about, yeah. <laughs> like how to listen to your body, how to honor your hunger and fullness, how to you know, have those healthy boundaries, how to deal with past hurts and wounds even comes up because a lot of times, Courtney, the reason we do the things we do in the present is because of something that's happened in the past that we haven't been able to work through. So let's get unstuck and find that freedom.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. You know, even as a 40 some odd year old Mm -hmm. mom, you think about the things that people are so quick to say, well, I am who I am now because yada, yada, yada. And they're holding on to those things that hurt Mm -hmm. them or form them. And, you know, and there is a balance. You have to have respect, but you do have to let go because if you, if you don't let go of the weight, then how are you going to like get your boat going on the, on the waters? Like, how are you going to go forward? And you're going to stay stuck, mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: but I think we don't know how to do that. I think we just don't know how, because we haven't been taught. We haven't had the resources, whatever. So mm-hmm. I'm very passionate
0: about that. <laughs> I I'm so glad that you are, because I think that there should be people out there helping. You're exactly right. We don't know how to make that happen, even if we know what the best thing is. And all we do is we turn to other people that are stuck too. And so everybody's like, yeah, like we're all in this together, but we don't want to be in it together. Like we want to move. (laughs) Yeah. Like, are we going to stand on top of each other to crawl out of the hole? Like, what do we do? So I think it's a great thing that you're doing to really minister to, to women, to be able to help them, navigate the busyness of their lives while still being able to be respectful of their body that, that the Lord gave them.
1: Thank you. And it's interesting too, because I think a lot of times we don't realize the impact that those past hurts or wounds might have on us. And so I had a client once that I worked with and it was so interesting. She goes, I did not even realize that I had been holding on to that. Wow. Like that's crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess you just live with something long enough that it just kind of is that's yes. who you are.
1: Yes. You just take it on, you adopt it, you, you mm-hmm. juggle it. And it reminds me of the sermon that I saw our pastor did this on Sunday and he was carrying on this big ball and he's like, we need to learn how to release it. And I'm like, that's exactly it. We need to learn how to release it. That's what we need to learn how to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need someone to tell us how to do that. Absolutely. and Walk us through it. I mean, mm-hmm. cause if I had heard that sermon before I had gone through my training, I'd have been like, Great, I need to really sit back. How do I do that? Like, I think we know the
0: what, but we get hung up on the how. So, mm-hmm. show
1: me how, walk with me, help me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't make it a secret. Just tell me what I need to do mm-hmm. and help me get through it. And people, I think sometimes I've been guilty of it that you're so afraid of being judged. If you tell somebody, Look, I'm struggling with this, I'm holding on to this, or I've been through this. And so then you hold on to that and nobody knows to go that they're like, I'm here. If you would just be willing to let me walk with you through this time. And, you know, nobody wants to be judged, but sometimes we just have to realize that it's not, those people are not worried about us and they're not paying attention to us. They're paying attention to themselves and their own lives. And it doesn't mean that everybody is going to be willing to walk with you Mm -hmm. through your situation. It just means you have to find who it is that you're supposed to be with, to be able to help you do that. Yeah. Discernment. Yes, exactly. We need to pray for more of that. I know that that is such a big thing of my life right now is just asking the Lord, show me what I need to do, because I've realized I cannot do this on my own. I've tried that. It didn't turn out so well. So, (laughs) you know, sometimes there's some good things that turn out, but you know, more times than not, it doesn't turn out so well. So I'd much rather go the route that I'm supposed to be going than trying to take my little detour. (laughs) It's not a scenic route. (laughs) No,
1: because then it takes longer too. And we don't have time for that.
0: (laughs) That's right. Because we are busy moms. Like, let's just Mm -hmm. get to the point. Where do you want us to go? God. (laughs) So, um, just kind of wrapping this up. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners, just a word of encouragement or anything else you want to make sure that they know?
1: Yeah, I think since you brought up judgment, I love um, to really encourage people to replace judgment with curiosity. I think it's really easy to fall into judgment, most mostly with ourselves. Um, you know, or maybe you know, I had an episode in the pantry with the Oreos, and it's easy to go, "Oh my gosh, I shouldn't have done that," and then we get into the guilt and the shame and that spiral, which doesn't serve us. Um, and so, if you can really take away that judgment and maybe replace it with curiosity, which would look like, "Why?" did I do that? Or what am I looking for in this moment? Um, I think that's really helpful because I think right now, especially in our society, there's a lot of judgment. And if we could just transform that with curiosity and help to see, you know, why do people do the things they do? What's their come from? Even in parenting, it's really powerful instead of, you know, disciplining your child because you think they're doing something wrong, asking them, well, why did you do that? What's going on? And it helps you understand their perspective. And I think that's really, really powerful in so many areas.
0: And saying that you're curious about something has so much of a better, a more positive outlook than, you know, there's a difference in condemnation, you know, and and curiosity. And it's okay to ask questions because you don't learn if you don't ask questions, even if the question is, what do I not know? (laughs) Like, what do I need to know more about? You know, that kind of a thing. So, yeah, I just really appreciate everything that you're doing and, you know, the gift that you have been given to be able to share with other people. And I think it's always a wonderful thing to hear where people have come from to see how far they've come and, and been able to take those things and turn them into something positive and be able to help others. Because I think what's the point in us going through hard times, if we can't help others get through that or something similar as well, like that's a good way to give back to what we've been released from. 100%.
1: I believe that we go through things and we go through hard experiences so we can go back and help others who have been where we are and we can minister them. Like, let your mess be your message. And I mean, I just think about if I had had somebody doing what I did coming alongside of me, it would have really changed things for me. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and I'm going to put your contact information in the show notes so everybody can go there and check it out and connect with you and all those things. And I really hope that they do. I know that I'm a big believer that people that are listening are supposed to hear it for one reason or another, whether it's for themselves or someone they know. So I have no doubt in my mind that whoever listens to this is listening to it for a reason. So I I hope that they take advantage of it and and reach out to you. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Courtney. I love the conversation. So good to connect. Thank you. I'm hoping this podcast finds those needing encouragement, support, or community. If that's you, you found a friend. Melissa has graciously offered some free resources for you today. And I have put links to all of that, plus how to connect with her in the show notes. I hope you'll continue showing up as we find the good together. Remember, you are loved. And I am so glad you're here. See you next time.